0: Welcome to A Nightmare on Fierce Street,
1: a monstrous podcast about all things horror.
0: If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Today, we are talking about Lovecraft Country, Episode 8, Jigabobo. Um, And we have our special guest, Crystal marie Stewart.
1: All right, so just a a few housekeeping things before we get started. Number one, I do feel like I need to make a correction from last week's episode. Um, I mistakenly referred to Josephine Baker and the dancers as sex workers, um, and really, in hindsight, thinking about it, what they would have been, or what they were, um, were dancers. uh, Burlesque dancers, possibly? if we think about today's terminology, you know, I don't know. Um, but anyways, just simply dancers. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make that correction because I want to be correct as much as possible. Um, yeah. But other than that, some housekeeping stuff, make sure you're following us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can email us with thoughts, uh, concerns and, um, anything at a nightmare on fear street at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Um, so let us get to our general
2: thoughts. Hello.
1: Hello, (laughs) Crystal.
2: Um, this, what the fuck (laughs) y'all? What what was that? (laughs) It was
1: intense. I was
2: just like, look, I knew like, the same way that after... I'm going to look this up. Hold on one second. Trent, you do your
1: <laughs> Well, it was... I i have now watched it twice because what I typically do when we, when we record on Mondays is I'll watch it on Sunday just to be like, experience it, not take notes, not worry about anything. And then I go back Monday before we record and I rewatch it and take notes just so it's fresh on my mind. Um, and it's as intense the second time as it is the first time.
2: Yeah, I was correct. So... San Junipero, the episode of Black Mirror that is like the least scary and the most heartwarming, San Junipero is sandwiched in between shut up and dance and men against fire. And then right after that, when there's hate in the nation, like who's love. Of murder and pain and racism and and sex crimes. There's a lot of stuff in there. And so I knew I was like, oh no, Hippolyta had too nice of a time. <laughs> Last, right. <laughs> this is gonna be bad. What I thought was gonna happen is that we were gonna have to choose. Like, I was like, oh no, I'm sure we were really we were in space. So we're going back to regular, degular, white dude racism. But I was not prepared for it to be. And, yes, and also, also demons and stuff. Like like, literal white devilry. I was not prepared
0: for that one. I feel like this is the scariest episode that does not center specifically on the racism because like the racism is always terrifying. But this one was like racism and also, (laughs) I was like, what do you mean this? And also,
1: I'm good i was just gonna say and the races the racist people which is most of the white cast um this time we saw literally use magic to inflict their pain on on d specifically but on other people as well but um yeah so it's the first time we've really seen like the cops use magic
2: and like that's something that I enjoy that like HBO specifically seems to be trying to remind us of but that has been a thing where like racists (laughs) have been weirdly keyed into the occult for a long time there's this weird time where like the Confederates were like maybe we could use magic to win this war like it's very weird and so I enjoy I did enjoy that the whole I will say one thing I found hopeful about this is that in another show, the Black people at the end would have all been all fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, in a more, in a show not written by my good sis, Mish, i am decided to start calling her Mish. I feel like we know each other well enough now. We have, we have nicknames for one another. You can call me Chris Mich. Um, And I feel like in a show not written by my good sis, Mish, a bunch of Black people would have been chopped the fuck up at the end of this. And while it was very stressful and I was uncomfortable, I enjoyed that, like, the moral of the story was not black people, make sure not to get involved with this magic shit. Like I enjoyed that it was like, maybe don't use your magic to oppress people. I enjoyed that that was kind of the theme of this episode.
1: Right. Um, Yeah. And I'm I'm still just really excited to see where they take the next two episodes. Um,
2: I don't know if excited is the word I would use. I am looking forward to it. I will be watching. <laughs> this is one of the few shows where I'm
0: like, I'm ready for us to end this. I am ready for her to stop playing with my emotions, my feelings and my mind.
2: I should agree. I'm yeah. also like, so there are things which we'll get to. So I haven't read the book, but I did do, so instead of rewatching this, because I just could not do it, I decided to read some background info to get some intel so that I could know what I was talking about. And I read in one of the things that there are some ways in which this episode differs from the book in a way that I think makes it easier for us to get a second season, even though there was only Ooh. one. So we'll talk about that. One. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Well, um, I was gonna bring this up later, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now. I actually today, this morning, just started listening to the, uh, the Audible book version. Um, <laughs> So, I'm not very far, so I'm not, I'm still in, like, Tick just got to Chicago, and he just saw Uncle George. And, but D is a boy named Horace. Yeah. Not a girl. Um,
2: Thanks, Mish.
1: Yeah, right? Like,
2: no,
0: like, they basically gave us a rundown of the things that are in this book when he takes the book to Montrose. Right. And I was like, spoilers, Misha, spoilers. <laughs> I
2: think that was Misha being like, but I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> so, right. All right. Well, shall we get down to it, then? Let's just start. Yeah. So, we open with everyone in line at Emmett Till's funeral.
0: I hate that we were so right that we have to be at the funeral. I fucking hate that. It, just let us know we're right. Don't do this to us.
2: I mean, at least we didn't have to watch his ass. I was ready for that. That's what I was afraid was gonna happen. And I am like,
1: no, they make a very, very different choice, which is interesting, but uh, I don't, um, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> a lot to unpack, a lot to unpack. This also this also was a different issue I have at this moment, is that Cruel Summer definitely came after 1955 and was not sung by Black films or Marilyn Manson. So now my theory is shot because of this. And I don't know why, I mean, don't get me wrong, Cruel Summer at Emmett Till's funeral, hottest day of the year, people, high tension and smells so i get the wanting to use it but also why break it for cruel summer
1: yeah i i will say i as a white person um and having been educated primarily in the south um i'm glad that they did this because like i feel like in my history classes emmett till's death and like the cultural moment that followed um is just skimmed over it's just like yeah this happened and it was kind of a big deal okay next moving on to Martin Luther King Jr. you know like it goes or it goes to Rosa Parks or whatever And this you really saw the massive amounts of crowds and how when they left the reaction to seeing the body and you saw the people like in the 50s like when this happened calling for we're we're done, we're done with this we're going to you know you saw the beginnings of what i assume is going to be like the black panthers or the martin luther king movement um so i was really glad that it was there just for white people viewing so that we see because it's not taught it's just not
0: That's one of the things with shows like this and like Watchmen specifically, is that they're trying to juggle a thing where they're educating white people who never learned, but also they're traumatizing us, but also giving us things that we want to see later on. And so it's a weird bag that you can't really navigate because you have to do so much
2: because America is just an awful place. And like, I've read some criticisms of the episode that like Emmett kind of got sidelined in his own story that was used by, as a plot device. But I also like, didn't want to watch that happen. So like, I think it's one of those things where I liked that they showed us Emmett and how young he is because I feel like this whole like aging of, of black children, like my friend, Took her kid to the pool the other day, and someone was like, "Is he a man?" And she was like, "He's nine And they were like, "Whoa!" And like, I was just like, "Like, I hate that." So like, I do appreciate that that we see him as a child, and that we acknowledge that it was awful. I, I just think it's hard because America is so slack about black education, about like black history education, mm-hmm. that like our genre fiction should not be for education. No, but unfortunately we live in a dystopia so that's what we have it's like how comedy
0: central got most of us into politics with the daily show oh <laughs> america's <that's>, so broken
2: <laughs> and the robot chicken episodes like, yes I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to think about old robot chicken bits to figure out how the world war ii was actually started but unfortunately that's the education i received from south carolina so I no feel like I agree with you, Trent, that I'm glad it was included. I don't know if there was a way that I would have felt good about its inclusion, mm-hmm. but I also think that some people, it's like nobody, like I had, so many people had not heard about the Tulsa Massacre until Watchmen. So, like, I do yeah. think it is important. I'm just mad at education.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: almost like we need two edits of every show like the black edit because we already know these things and don't want to be traumatized and the edit for everybody else Um, so that way
2: (laughs) like little warnings like um, yes like how lost when they would air the reruns would have the little things on the bottom that's like this is that guy from six seasons ago I know you have no idea why and it would be like recaps like I need those for black people I need it to be like hey black people you don't need to watch this you already know this Hip to timestamp, whatever. Yes, and like a travel
1: guide. <laughs> I, and I'm curious what you guys think, cause like it also, I was also glad that they didn't, that they showed him, like you were saying Crystal, that they showed him when he was alive and enjoying his time with his friends and really um, making him a real person. And then I actually enjoy that they did not show, like, the gore and the – because, one, I'm sure that would have been even more traumatizing than even what it is now.
0: And and it don't fit. I mean, it would have been forced in in the wrong white hands just because. But it does not fit this story and this world to
1: see that. Well, and it's not – it's – He's not the main character. He's a background character. And in his and this funeral and his death is woven into this entire episode. I mean, they continually comment on him, on his family, on the experience of being there. It's it's very much the backdrop of this entire episode. Um, but yeah, I was glad that they didn't show that because A, it also like we in the show we put so much trauma on the fault the the uh, fictitious black characters that then to show the real world historical trauma that was put onto an actual human being that lived. you know what I mean I don't know it just would have yeah. it would have been an, if, if if we want to make an Emmett till movie or miniseries or whatever then do that but that wouldn't have been this.
2: Yeah, I think it would have sidelined him in a more inappropriate and exploitative way Mm -hmm. to show the murder in a show he's not the lead character of. Like, if you want to show that stuff, then you need to make a show about that. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes. And give it a budget and leave Cynthia Erivo out of it.
2: Please! But so I really, I was really worried when the episode started because I was like, Crenshaw and I just talked about this. I do not want to watch this murder. And then I, I was okay. I was not okay, but I was i was not okay in a different way than I was worried I was going to be when we showed up in that funeral in the first fucking scene of the show. Are
0: any of us okay in Lovecraft Country? Are any of us
1: <laughs> So
2: okay in Lovecraft Country in regular America? We're not okay.
1: <laughs> nobody. So, uh, we, while they're in line, um, you see Ruby's there, with D, um, who is obvious. This whole episode, I just feel a billion different emotions for D. For D. Like, this is. Last episode was Hippolyta, and this episode is D. Um, and she's clearly upset. I mean, you know, we've already established that they are good friends. Um, and I. Whew, it's just a lot to think about and to feel um yeah um so but i do want to mention we do get a sense uh, a, a, a hint at tick and montrose again tick still got this gay thing shoved up his ass um <laughs> and he just can't get over it and it just it frustrates me to no end that he cannot just move on this this is going to continue to drive a wedge between him and his father. Um, I'm interested to see how the book handles it.
2: This is what I think about what how the book will potentially handle this. If you've read this book already, please let us know. I feel like either the, his phobia is worse in the book, and Misha was like, listen, I tried to tone it down, but it's a weird central character plot point. So I, or it's like casual and Misha's like homophobia ain't okay we're gonna blow this shit up I feel like it's one of those two options so I'm interested to see which one
1: of it is I will let you know oh and the other and we mentioned this on the episode with uh the girls from Nerd girl that's scary an interesting thing about the book that made me at first really hesitant to read it or listen to it I guess in this instance it's written by a white man yeah
0: that's, that's always the story, though, which is why these movies fail and do not ring true. Yeah. It's because white people usually don't let the black people create the stories, which is why this renaissance at HBO right now is kind of magnificent.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun that they're like, here, have some shit written by white people that should probably be directed by you guys, though, right? Mm-hmm. And
1: they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm interested to see, and, uh, and uh, what, what brought me around to actually, okay, I'll listen to it, is... The girls from Girl That's Scary were like, yeah, but it's not, it's still good. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm hearing from people of color that, okay, then I will give it a shot.
2: I, I'm willing to try. I'm going to read that book that Antebellum was apparently ripped off from too. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll <laughs> another
1: interesting it. thing about the funeral, and I don't know if anybody else, well, you probably didn't clock this. It, I can, another reason take is trash. Um, Letty has to correct him when he says that Emmett was killed, and she said, "No, no, 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 sweetie, he was murdered. Let's not get those two mixed up. He was murdered. He was not. He didn't die from like an he accident. Didn't
2: fall over. He didn't get but. hit by lightning.
1: Mm-hmm. It wasn't a speeding ice cream truck.
0: It was racism.
2: And also, Tick, like I feel like you of all people should be the least hesitant to worry about regular, regular, real life racists because." some cult magic racist tried to eat your soul like three episodes ago. So I feel like you should be feeling ready to bring a little more Malcolm and a little less Martin to these events.
3: Yes. Yes.
2: If that don't radicalize you, what else will, Tick? White men literally tried to consume your soul. He's trash. he would talk shit about the Freedom Riders and the Black Panthers too. I feel like 50-year-old Tick is like, if he makes it, it's like, oh, you know, I I just don't get how those guys are causing trouble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, then we find out that Dee has (laughs) ran away from the funeral. Um, And now she's on her own, standing outside of an arcade, it looked like, toy shop arcade thing. Um, and she sees these two girls come out and they're laughing. And of course that sets her off because like, poor thing has been through it. Um, and she ends they're up- gone. Right. Ends up throwing a rock at them and screaming there's nothing to laugh about. And then the cops show up.
2: Uh, and on one hand I was like, I get it. Like, here's a D. If D wants to do reckless shit, D's a child. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? D's a child. The parents are gone. Tick is another story. Tick loves to run headfirst into bullshit and fuckery. I feel like my good sis D, I'm like, I really don't need you to be doing this right now because I know this is going to be a racism episode. So as soon as she tossed that rock at those girls, I was like, here we go. Like, I was like, no! And then I was like, damn it, Crystal, you are the problem. <laughs> Let that bitch have her angry feelings.
1: <laughs> she I right. yes well and the cops show up and it uh, that scene is a rough one as well um
0: i did not like it first off i didn't know how they knew where to find her because i know that the head cop is bad but i didn't know how bad until this episode and then they corner her and they are in her space. They are in her personal space, which feels like a different kind of threat is about to happen. And I was like, Misha, Misha.
2: Misha, I, I had faith in my good sis Misha, but for about 10 minutes, I was concerned. And then I felt bad. I was like, I'm sorry, Nish. I I I owe me a little faith. I was worried. Because I forgot that I was watching your show, and I was like, if they do that, I am gonna texturate right now and be like, I'm done. <laughs> and if, I mean, it would have been okay.
0: Yeah, I I was like, I will not continue if we do this to D on top of everything else we've done to D. Oh, we
2: wait, just... I did have faith though because I remember Trent was like, it's gonna be okay, and so I was like, if Trent was like, it's gonna be okay, <laughs> I trust Trent. <laughs> I trust trent's judgment and i know that's not gonna happen but i was that was probably some of the most there were deeply horrifying things in this episode but whatever long length of that cop interview was one of the most stressful points of the entire episode for me
0: mm-hmm. those two in her space was scarier for me than the two little girls that follow her later on in the episode
2: that's because magic we can we can fix that yes because we, we can fix racism <laughs> and that's the thing that I enjoy about this show. I think I talked about this when we talked about Suspiria. I enjoy each media that talks about magic as a tool that is colored by the person who wields it. And so the thing about magic in this universe is it feels like more accessible to a wider variety of people. And unfortunately, some very bad people are using it. But also, we are magic. So would you be okay? And with racism, it's like, I can't do shit to you in like real life. Especially as a little black girl with no parents. Right. can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> she can't do shit to those cops. Except. No.
0: And black girls and women go missing all the time too. And if she don't go missing, people still don't give a shit. And so I was like, don't do this in this dark alley. Don't do this.
3: Please.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they don't. They, they just do some gross witchcraft on her. That spit moment, I nearly vomited both times I watched it.
2: I <laughs> love spit on this show.
1: Oh. Oh do
2: white people really spit on people like this? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hope not, Trent, because I was raised <laughs> in a barn. And I don't mean that to be shitty to farmers. Like, I'm sure y'all are fine. I'm using a very specific colloquialism to say people don't have home training. But I just feel like from watching Love Calf Country, one of the biggest takeaways I get about white culture is that y'all be spitting on people. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. gross.
0: Right? Keep Stop your spit it. to yourself. <laughs>
2: Stop it. It's like, oh, you think that it inhumanizes me? I'm not spitting on people, sir. You're a grown man, right? (laughs) Spit on children in alleys, right? And
1: weirdo. So they do that, and then they leave her. So they they leave her, other than the spit, intact. We think. We we thought. Uh,
0: (laughs) And then we cut to Letty coming home to find Gia in her parlor.
1: I want them to be best friends and to run off together. That's what I want to have happen.
0: <laughs> I want them to kill Tick. That's what I want. They've earned it. Hey, man. Who
2: needs yeah. him? No one really.
0: No one wants him.
1: Oh. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. So she says, um, Letty doesn't know her. So Letty's just like this random Korean girl in my living room. <laughs> and she asks if she's looking for a room, and she says, I'm looking for Tick. <laughs> and Tick says, like
2: when- <laughs> your boyfriend's ex from his hometown comes and like y'all know like two different versions of the same person <laughs> that that kind of human discomfort in that moment because I was just like magic and monsters aside this is messy <laughs> right, right? Is messy tick like you should have cleaned up this shit before you were getting bitches pregnant Right? And stop calling
0: her. Clearly, you need to stop calling her if you knocking people up. He I is, just
2: okay. he is doing that shit. This pseudo-polyamory
1: bullshit. As soon as we get to this next scene with him, and well, when he when they're all three talking, that's when I was like, okay, you need to leave, sir. Um <sighs> we'll get there. Um, so but then we go, we switch from that. This scene had a lot of like quick cuts. It was like bam, 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 bam.
0: It makes me wonder what's on the cut in the room floor because I feel like there was more to all of them, and then the ones that did go long were the ones I didn't want to go long, and so I was confused.
2: Yeah,
3: Misha. Misha, <laughs>
0: call
2: so us Misha. Did you buy the DVD box set, Misha?
1: Yeah, because I didn't no, not- know. are right. I did know yes. that she wrote and directed this episode.
0: She was answering questions on Twitter. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet because today is Monday, and Monday is awful.
2: But, like, (laughs) I I can't wait to see what she's saying. she
1: be like, when's that box set coming? Boom. So, uh, then, yes, we cut to Tick, and he is in this mausoleum with Christina.
0: And Christina drops another one of these lines that I have to quote because she be giving us these lines. Um, Because Tick is all like, blah, 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 I'm Tick, and I just want it for my birthday. And she's like, you don't have enough whiteness in you to sell that entitlement.
2: (laughs) not wrong. She's not. She's not Becky. I thought that her motives could not get more confusing. (laughs) And then then I watched this episode. (laughs) And I feel like I don't even know what motives are, but she be dropping them them little nuggets. She's right. Yeah. She's dropping off the white like, just at Emmett Hill's funeral like two hours ago. Right. And he's (laughs) it off to regular white ladies much less witchy white ladies
1: <laughs> <laughs> so and he so he goes there because he wants to learn how to cast this spell what spell it is we don't know they, they never tell us what spell until it's magically shown to us at the end um and so she teaches him in return for um what does he give her in return for that he gives her something the ori key Oh, yes, the key that Hippolyta found in the orrery. They be, they all, a bunch of people in this episode are just bartering things away. They're like, here, take it, take it, take it, take it, take yep. it.
2: I have more to say about that, but I'm going to wait until the end. Okay. Um, I have some ideas of what kind of spell that was. Not necessarily in this world, but I have some ideas of spells that one could do that I don't suggest anyone do. Um, <laughs> you really do this. Right. But, it's, yeah, I was just very weird in that. I uh, I feel like what's annoying to me about this scene is, like, I know her motivations are sketchy, but he knows even more that her motivations are sketchy. Maybe right. he's playing dumb for the long game. I sure hope so. But I was just like, sir, I feel like you brought a knife to this gunfight, and it's not going to go well.
1: Uh, D comes back to the apartment, and Montrose is there. And I I don't understand. We're still in this place where we just keep lying to these people. They won't tell her what's going on with Hippolyta. They won't tell her what happened to George.
2: The one big difference from the book that I read is that in the book, very close to the beginning, everyone sits down and is like, this is what it is. And Tick is like, I have this sort of demon ex-girlfriend who's Korean. And Letty's like, I might be pregnant. And Montrose is like, here's my shit, I'm gay. And they're like, "D, we don't know where your mama is. And like, everyone just lays it out and then we strategize. So I feel like the choice to not is either making an important point about how lying is bad mm-hmm. and or stalling because it's harder to move the plot forward. If everyone is doing miscommunication bullshit tag. So it might be a strategy to stretch the story out.
1: That makes sense.
2: But yeah, apparently in the book, very close, they're like, look, y'all, <laughs> this
1: is what it is. the lies are getting
0: people murdered and sent into different spaces and times. And so it's time to come
2: clean. But to be fair to them, how the story is set up now, none of those people who are dead have been able, to, or gone, have been able to like come back and be like, hey, uh, this piece of information could have probably saved my life. So everyone thinks individually that they're doing their best and that they have to keep lying to make it okay when in actuality they're making it worse.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I was also upset that Montrose is the person there for D, because he's trash. And so of course this goes the way it goes because he's the literal worst. We're Him and Tick are the like worst.
2: It's like when you have like a teenage brother who's like smoking a lot of weed and then yes. someone needs a last minute babysitter and you're like, I guess Ron Ron can do it. And it's like, no. <laughs>
1: yeah i I feel like montrose just needs an immense well tick too but montrose we're talking about him right now montrose just needs an immense amount of therapy therapy and and then he might be all right because there are glimpses of moments where i'm like no no maybe no okay you know like there's those those moments
2: even tick and his trifling raggedy ass (laughs) every now and then when he's doing some foolhardy bullshit i'm like if you had a therapist then maybe this thing that you're doing wouldn't be quite so foolhardy i get where you're coming from sir but you need a therapist who's not the woman you just knocked up or the woman potentially possessed by a demon yes you need a woman you pay money (laughs) yes
0: yes one that will call you on your shit constantly because these two are being nice to him
2: and i don't know why I also feel like montrose is doing that thing that a lot of deadbeat ass dads do which is they like want to be really great granddads or like cool uncles because like they feel bad and they beat the shit out of their kid or whatever Mm -hmm. so they're like maybe i can parent this child who i know even less about yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and fucking it up it's very much why men great till they gotta be great very much
2: this show is just about how terrible hotels are yes yes you're saying me because if so i agree
1: (laughs) so um and then so d goes and locks herself in the bathroom and she's trying to wipe that spit up which i yes i would have had to take three four i I, the rest of the day i've been in the shower i wouldn't have been able to leave um but then this book falls off well no the book cover like changes
0: Yes, because they have a bookcase in their bathroom because there's so many books in this apartment. Um, And it's it's Uncle Tom's Cabin. That's what it was, right? Uncle Tom's Cabin. Mm
2: -hmm. It was Uncle
0: Tom's Cabin. And it's like the normal cover, which is like a level of racism. And then like (laughs) she turns around and it's like us level racism.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I did some research (laughs) because I was like, every time Misha makes a seemingly obscure reference she's making a very specific point point. and so I was reading about how when Harriet Beecher Stowe a flawed and still racist but well-intentioned white woman wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin what she was trying to do was contrast like this character of Topsy who is a black slave in the book and she's written as like having fucked up hair and like always being sassy and making sneaky jokes but also it talks a lot about all the fucked up shit that happens to her and like this is slavery sucks and white people were like Topsy's hilarious (laughs) and so they started they took out all the stuff about all the fucked up shit that happened to her and they were just like look at this hilarious little negro child she's gonna sing and dance for you so then when they started making these pickin' any minstrel shows they were literally based on the character of Topsy with all of the actual truth of of racism and slavery taken out of it Mm -hmm. so like this horrible white man and his devil magic we're like, I'm gonna take all of these things about racism and use them against you, child. Like without any context. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that she used that particular imagery.
3: Yeah.
2: It makes
0: the two that chase D the rest of the episode hit d- d- differently.
1: Yeah. So we're not we're not quite there yet, but so not there yet. But sorry. He runs off, and then we go to Ruby, who's trying to get back in with. Uh, Christina slash what uh, what's the not butler dude's name? We figure that out
0: William. Yeah, because she's trying to get into their house because they're a couple thruple quadruple. Um, <laughs> and she's trying to get into their house at the front gate. And of course the white people on the street are like, Are you a servant? We're racist, we're getting out of our cars and coming for you. And she's like, Not to fucking day. And William pulls up and it's like, is there a problem? <laughs> and so they go in and she's filling him in on Emmett Till. And like, this couple is working. I My notes change abruptly because this couple's working, taking care of her, helping her get undressed, getting her into a bath, um, letting her relax. And then she takes her potion and it becomes her white version. And I'm like, why though? And then they have sex and the white woman comes off of her during the sex. And I'm like, was this like a 10-minute release potion? Do you not make it the way you used to?
1: Maybe woman had sex. They've had sex for a long, long time. I doubt it, but maybe.
0: It was just weird to see her explode out of the woman she just became for this. Yeah.
1: I
2: can't, again, as we said, I don't understand Christina. How do we solve a problem like Christina, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like Christina, in her own little weird sociopath raised by murdering racist cultist heart loves Ruby in her own weird
1: way. I agree with that. I
2: I just don't know if Christina knows how to do
1: that
2: in a way that would be net positive. It's definitely
0: a weird sisterhood slash you're my new favorite toy.
2: Slash, I think I find you attractive, but I'm still iffy on the black parts. Yeah. yeah. Well, which as a woman who has been with lots of white people in a biblical way, sometimes it be like that. <laughs> sometimes it be like that. It just sweet. I was confused. I'm still confused, but I did think it was sweet. I was worried my girl Chris was going to sweep in and then act like a dick after we got in the house, because Christina seems to be good in very specific overt racism moments. She's like, no, be gone, obvious racist. But I wasn't sure how we were going to act once those guys were gone. But no, she actually, you know, for mm-hmm. a trick-ass weirdo she's okay that was a nice date nice in the way that it's nice to date people who use strap-on dildos because you can have a variety of options of like dick options so i guess it's nice if you're like tonight i'd like to lie with christina and then afternoon i would like to lie with william like i think that sounds fun yes one of the most healthy relationships in this fucking
0: show that's what i said last week and i still have to stand by that even though this was another uncomfortable sex scene and i'm not sure logistically the how and the why because normally what takes that potion she's white woman ruby for a while it's never been like in 15 minutes later bam and so i don't know if that's something she can just like control now like after a while you miss jekyll and miss hide yourself so much you can just sort of be like okay i'm done because like william christina is definitely into it because like they don't even pause it's just like oh you're coming yourself again okay
2: flip it yeah, over a brief moment where i was like now look my good sister whatever you are you mm-hmm. know with look, I'm already on the fence about you as a romantic partner, but if you ask buck wild when Black Ruby comes out to play, I am going to stop this for a while.
0: My concern was, now that we know William is not a good butler and will not be butling, who's washing these bloody sheets?
1: Is it weird that my first thought was, well, she's going to have to take another bath?
0: (laughs) They both do, because you got bits of white Ruby all over the room in them. God,
2: okay, what happens to white Ruby? Right? Where do you put white Ruby? Like, I thought it was all, anyway, I'm just confused. How do we keep getting the same white Ruby back if it blows up every time? Right, also,
0: also, this actor was called in for this one scene. And this one scene was like five seconds on William before becoming Black Ruby again. And so like logistically, scheduling-wise,
1: <laughs> let's hope let's hope they shot this on another like let's hope they shot this when they were shooting the episode where she was used a lot. I feel they like, we
2: must have had a black ruby week and uh, a white <laughs> ruby weekend. Like I felt like <laughs> white ruby and William were just like their own day. Like they were like Today, we're going to shoot all of White Ruby, and then we never have to see you again, actress. Thanks for your hard work. It's like those scenes in Watchmen with all those clones. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like they were just like, it's the day that you guys are naked. (laughs) 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 Because I was just like, I mean, it was hot for a while, then it was just too weird. (laughs) But for a brief moment, I was there. I was like, okay, this could, oh no. She exploded. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's not... So Speaking of exploding, we switch from this to Tick walking up to the house and seeing the shoes outside the door. So he automatically knows something. He walks in... <laughs> he walks in and sees his ex-girlfriend and his current baby mama at the table talking. He in trouble? And... <laughs>
2: He deserved it.
1: But then, I love this, too, because it doesn't give us any answers then, because it, then it just switches to D at the train station.
0: Because nothing needed to be said. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that picture?
1: Let's <laughs> worth a thousand words.
2: Misha was like, you know what's going to happen to him. <laughs> Let's go see if D is okay. That's important.
1: <laughs> so, and then this is the first time we see the two little girls... Dancing their way to D. Um, someone on my Facebook brought up a really good point. These little girls are good little dancers. They were dancing the whole time. And that they're backbend, adults. They're adults?
0: Yes. These oh. two little girls are adults. So they've been practicing dance forever. Well, I skimmed an article.
1: <laughs> they're adults and they're still great. With that bend, I was like
2: 90, 94% of the time. I'll be generous. When you see black teens in shows. They're played by thirty-five-year-old women. Mm-hmm. That's
1: fair. I wonder how um, old he is, because he looks young.
2: Yeah, usually like named children who have to interact a lot with other adults, like like um. Marcy Martin is actually child. Like there's a yes. child, there's every now and then an actual child, but like I I did like those that they were so skilled at dancing because, a lot of what they do in these minstrel shows if they make like a mockery
3: hmm. of
2: black forms of dance and they're like oh they're like so clumsy and savage and so I liked it I was like no bitch we're just scary
0: yes now, It. and I hate to make this comparison because we need to get Misha away from this is a Jordan Peele show but it reminded me of the ballet fight in Us mm. and I was like ooh I'm into this but ooh I'm also terrified i um, <laughs>
2: that's also just like an element of like black ritual so i've been reading um black acting methods which is much more of a theory book than a practice book than i expected but the thing that i was reading about (laughs) is like a lot of black acting theory is really based in like shamanistic ritual movement physical stuff so it does make sense even though yes i do want my good sis misha to be able to like i love my i love my cousin jordan i just want them to have their own thing Mm -hmm. He's not actually my cousin. I just think of him as my play cousin. But I do (laughs) think it makes sense that a lot of Black people who work in genre fiction often focus on, like, ritual and movement, particularly because for so long, the only Black characters you ever saw in things were, like, cartoon voodoo shaman
1: guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Speaking of which, I've been watching Scooby-Doo. That didn't age well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so these two little girls dance chase her off the off the train track. Not the, she's not on the track, she's in the whatever they're called. <laughs>
2: well, I, can't see me. <laughs> I literally just scooted back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that when they wouldn't <laughs> that one scene right before she gets out and you see the nails coming. oh yeah,
0: So stressful. No, because it's it's freaky because like clearly nobody else sees them. They're just like this black child is hitting me or bumping into me. I mean, it's some racist. And she is seeing two demonic children twirl and uh, flirl towards her. (laughs) They're acrobatic, they limber, they got dead eyes. Um.
2: That kind of shit is like my worst nightmare. Like, since childhood, any shows that it was like mistaken identity you see something and no one, everyone tells you you're crazy. Like, that Mm -hmm. shit, even in regular comedies, normal movies, I can't handle that shit. So as right. soon as I was
1: like, oh, no, no
2: one else could
1: see these, right? Great. <laughs> Fucking great. Thanks, niche Thanks. So, but then we go from this to probably my favorite scene of the show. when Tick, Then we get the conversation between Tick and Gia and Letty. And Sheree quoted the best quote because uh, Tick's like, so you killed a hundred men to uh, lose your blah, 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 blah. And then, Sheree, you want to say what Gia's response was?
0: She came for him, because he he was definitely like, you killed 100 men. And she was, I forgot how she phrased it, but she was like, well, it's what I was bred to do. What's your excuse? And, and that's when I was like, Gia, Gia, stay. Give Gia the show.
2: Oh, Gia the staying. Gia was chopping all those hoes up. All these colonizing assholes. Fuck those men. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those men. I was always on team Gia. You yes. get all those men, bitch. Yes. Tell them to go home.
0: They have it coming. Right. I'm
2: glad she dragged him because I get tired of him getting on his high horse about other people killing people. I'm like, weren't you a soldier? Didn't you sign up to go to war?
1: Didn't you he shoot her friend right next to her?
2: Didn't he do? And then forgot? forgot? Didn't this- he watch you?
0: Pull that bitch's teeth out, mm-hmm. sir. I I love that this episode and the last episode where Ruby dragged Tick. It makes me happy because it's like, okay, so we are all aware he's trash. It's and not I mean, just so the funny. audience.
1: The <laughs> only person that's sadly not is Letty, which she's getting there, but she ain't She, there. she don't want to know. It's she been not for longer. She's no. carrying his child. Like,
2: she and has to, if she <laughs> drags him, she's also dragging herself. <laughs> and sometimes it takes a while like sometimes you have that one ancient ass boyfriend and your whole friend friend group is like he ain't shit and you're just like i can't i'm not there yet like i can't because then i have to drag me been then there, i can't been there be. i'm
1: been. not there
2: to drag him she'll get there
1: yeah but when he so won't she,
2: no diapers.
1: she does get close this episode but then she kind of anyways uh but then so she leaves she like storms off and um oh because he's like why did you come back and letty's like because she's obviously in love with you and she runs off um and tick the asshole that tick is this woman that flew i'm assuming maybe she drove she can't drive anyway <laughs> maybe right, she used trick. all
0: of her tentacles and like swam it
1: well i don't think i think so i think that she's no longer the whatever it is that she was the that because she got into the house.
2: She should have held on to that one particular skill set. <laughs> Welcome to America. She came to nineteen fifty five racist-ass
1: Chicago. You with- didn't
2: bring no of- tentacles with you, bitch. Oh.
1: <laughs> now she might still be, she might still be, and she was able to get in because she's not nefarious, like she's not trying to hurt anyone in the house. But <laughs> Because no, my good
2: sis is gonna need those tentacles of doom.
1: Right. Somebody
2: <laughs> call her a friend.
1: <laughs> and the bigger tentacles. <laughs> call that, call that whatever the witchcraft witch, the Korean witch that they, she got it from. Be like, hey, can you do this like, over the phone? We
2: need another, we need a demon transit stamp. <laughs> can you fax
1: it? <laughs> um, so but then it takes those. I, I think he like gets up behind her, or no, he gets up in her face and he says. Whatever shit you and I have was nothing. And I was like, you are a fucking asshole. And you always know, nothing.
2: Piece of shit. This woman killed a hundred men, crossed the sea to find your trick ass after you killed her best friend of the whole world.
1: To and say you're
2: audacity.
1: To try and save your life. To try and save your life.
0: That you put in danger because you wouldn't listen to her because she told you you're going to die and what you do, go to the place that you're going to die and then call her. Like, she can't re-see your future, it it is your future. You're going to die.
1: So, um, we go from that and then Letty is pissed. She, he's like, she, of course, the first thing Tick says, that's the first thing every man says when they're caught. And he says, Well, she's left. She's gone. She's gone. And she's like, Well, good. And you go on, you go with her.
2: Right? Be gone, sir. She kicks Just his my ass. house.
1: She kicks his ass out. He's no, got
2: nowhere to live. He's no man, rent. You been out recently. You don't have a job.
1: <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, Lest we forget.
2: I also love that
0: this is the moment where like, Letty's like, Everybody, but you done died since you've
2: been back. <laughs> We're going to be real, real. Like, let's let's look at the chart of wins, losses, and impairments. Right? you sir, are a handicap to us as a group. So far, you ain't have no money, no resources, no empathy, no good sense, and no capital. So you can go. Mm-hmm. Me and this baby are going to be fine, I guess. Better
0: off without him.
2: <laughs> this child has a better chance of living to adulthood if you stay away from us. You just got to tell your baby that the
0: father was a hotep and mistakes happen.
2: You're like, sorry, your dad was a hotep. We weren't using condoms. It was the 1950s or whatever. Right? We didn't sorry. know. We can yeah. not have abortions. It's the <laughs> 1950s or whatever.
3: So,
1: <laughs> right. So- <laughs> so then we go to um the scene with ruby the next morning i'm assuming next morning maybe not i don't know uh what is time uh we're when, not
2: sure what time they were having sex.
1: Right? The they do it at any time of the day or night whatever um ruby it's the same day is it the same day okay yeah
0: because this is a day in d's life
1: oh right okay yeah. so christina and ruby have this conversation and it's a moment, like it, there's a lot to unpack there. I feel like um, one thing, the two dichotomies that I, cause I think this scene really talks about the intersection of, of being black and being a woman um, because Ruby says um, the reason she took the, the potion before they had sex is I didn't want to be a black woman, fucking a white man on today of all days she goes through all that and then Christina says at the end so they they each kind of have a monologue it's kind of like a Greek tragedy in a sense like they each have their monologue where they make their arguments and Ruby's is about like do you feel sorry like do you feel empathy for Emmett Till and black people who are going through this and she ends with that, uh, I didn't you know, on today of all days, I didn't want to be a black woman, fucking a white man. And then Christina comes back and she lit le- she legit says at the beginning, no, that she does not. Um, and part of me also feels like that's because she doesn't understand empathy, like she doesn't know empathy because her father's a fucking piece of shit or was a fucking piece of shit, now he's rubble. Um <laughs> And then, but she ends with the so she ends, where's the line? Um, you were a woman who wanted what she wanted and like went for it essentially. That's why you took the pill, that's why you took the potion. And I, my part of me was like, can't both of those things be true at the same time?
2: I think so. I think okay, so first of all, I can't speak for Sheree. I was speaking for myself, but I know very few black people who have known a white person biblically. Who have not had a conversation like this we all have those moments where we're like okay this is the time i need to know <laughs> Like, i just need <laughs> to know what where are you we you were hot we did the sexy thing now i need to know because i feel like you just can't in the day and age that we live in pretend that like those things don't exist and All white people have their own baggage and shit they come with, and like that's fine. I don't expect every white person that I've known biblically to be like super woke, but like there are certain things that are just lines in the sand, and so I get that. Like on Emmett Till's death day funeral, we had to have this conversation. I feel like part of the problem with white women in general, not just Christina, who was raised by Fitzgerald Grant from the from hell, is that Fitzgerald Grant enough? He wasn't a good parent, and I feel like. Part of that is, like, sometimes when you are dating a white woman, they think that because you're both women that your experiences are the same. So when they try to relate to you, they try to relate to you from where you have things in common, and they're like, so I get it. And so I do understand how, I think what Christina was saying is valid for women. In that, like, yes, like, being a woman in the 50s who was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to take a magic potion and be who I want and fuck who I want is valid. But I just feel like it's missing half of the equation because Christina, well, at least a third. Because not only is Christina not black, but is she really a human being?
1: And, And I think this conversation leads Christina to what she does next, which we'll get to later. But I think that she had the realization of, I don't know what this means what is what does this mean so now i have to figure out a way to get that which the way she does it is interesting and i think um, that
2: christina thinks of people as people which i think we'll get to when we get to that part i think christina has because of how she's been raised and the circumstances of her birth thought of people as like chess monopoly people. yeah <laughs> like like things like i put on other people's bodies that's like one of my pastimes I think it might also be making a comment about how she's a shapeshifter. Like, that's part of her thing. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people who are cultural shapeshifters. And so I do think that it's hard to pin that down, which is why we end up talking about it so much. Because like we all have that one friend who's like, when he's with John, he talks about football, and when he's with Sam, he's a little racist, and when he's with Janine, he's sexy. Like everyone has that person, and so I think she's just a very, 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 very fucked up version of that. <laughs> and so it just doesn't. I don't think we've had a character like this before. Where like yeah. I've we've had we've had villains with consciences, we've had heroes with confusing motivations. I don't think we've had one who ch- keeps changing entirely. From episode, from moment within episode to next moment within episode. Right. Yes.
1: So, because, yeah, because then, okay, so then we go to D is now at the house, at Letty's house, and Letty's leaving. And of course, she's trying to tell Letty what's going on, but Letty's not not really here for it. She's on her own mission, and she leaves, and these little girls chase D around this part. When that girl, little girl popped up, I keep saying little girl, apparently they're adults, that she was playing so a little girl. Like yeah, yeah. That she was playing a little girl. Um, but when she popped up at that, that window, I... <laughs> I shrieked. Story. Yeah, it was scary.
2: It was when, like 8.45 in the morning. My partner was asleep. It was a whole thing. I was like, ah! He was like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't have time to explain it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's too crazy right now. I'll explain later.
2: <laughs> I can't. I would have to tell you like seven different histories of the things that happened. But I also this show doesn't have a lot of jump scares.
1: No, it doesn't. But when
2: they use them, they are fucked up. Because no one was expecting that. Like I was yeah. expecting a woman to burst from her skin during sex. That was a little jarring. Yeah. But I was like, okay. But I did not expect that little bitch to pop up like that. <laughs> like, oh no, <laughs> oh, no. Misha knows. Right Say,
1: choices. So then D grabs a bicycle and she hauls tail. Where's so the man at this? Letty?
2: people lady. you are the only decent parent so far in this vicinity i need you to pay attention you know this child has no parents you right? can't even believe her here even if you don't believe in demons that she sees you can't leave this child in her house by right herself.
0: also she ain't got no parents because of the hotep who's you having the baby of you
2: know why her parents are coming home yes the you least you can do is listen. Talking about that last episode. Right. In this epi- top of this
0: episode, she points out that the girl's friend was murdered, and she ain't got no parents. And now she's all like, "His ex is in town. I can't. I can't listen to you. You kick his
3: ass out. Let him mm. go, girl.
2: He'll come back. He can't <laughs> get no better than you. He'll bring right? his friend girlfriend home. Y'all can be a thruple. Weirder <laughs> things have happened today. Today, <laughs> literally she so, is a By herself.
1: So then we go to, to uh, Homeless Again Tick, and he's walking down the street. Uh, and he sees Montrose. Well, he's right, he's outside the uh, Uncle George's shop, and he sees Montrose. And they, again, have this, like, moment conversation. of conflict about him being gay, and Montrose has to promise him that he did not act on emotions when uh, his mom was alive, which like, if he had, oh, fucking well. It's not like you're Mr. Faithful, Tick.
2: Atticus, if you just pick one new talking point, I promise you will win this argument. You can't win this argument because people are gay sometimes, Atticus. Maybe you should be like, Dad, why did you beat my ass during all of my formative years? That's a real conversation. Right. dad why did you abandon me but dad why do you like to have sex with men It doesn't matter he doesn't have
1: anything to do with you atticus right Move well, on. and one thing i definitely want to touch on because it, it was it almost made me tear up a little bit was the story that montrose tells atticus about so the preacher he when he was younger his pastor um caught him in the park with another man um, and essentially when it came up, he just said, oh, that's a rumor. It's not true. So he was an advocate for Montrose at that moment. Um, but then one day during a, ser- a, a sermon, the police broke into this, or broke broken, in, came into the church and took the man to an insane asylum and chopped out half his brain and... And he had to live the rest of his life, probably a very short one, inside of this asylum, which in the, I guess at that point, it would have been what, 40s, 30s, was not a very good place to be. And it just, it's so heartbreaking to me to think about how that was happening and should have never happened. And the fact that it still does fucking happen. The fact that we have gay conversion therapy camps that torture teenagers into believing that they're not gay anymore is one of the most atrocious things to be happening in America. And I don't think enough people talk about it. I think people think that it's not happening and it fucking is happening.
2: It's happening. I have a classmate who will, for his safety, remain nameless, who literally said out loud to a gay person, oh yeah, I have a friend who went to conversion therapy. It was great for him.
1: It was not- uh, It was
2: not great.
1: This individual is listening. It is not great. It is-
2: It's not great. It was awful. You're the worst. So (laughs) I'm (laughs) like, no, really, like there are people, and the problem is, i hope that what lovecraft country is trying to do because i think people were really salty about that like really aggressive violence towards a queer character early on in the season which i get why but i do think what they're trying to hone in because there are a lot of people who are like well we know that stuff happens we don't need to see it and i'm like but a lot of people don't know that stuff happens like a lot of people really don't know that still happens today like Bad things like this happen to queer people today, and so I'm really, really hoping that these people who think that, like, oh, it's totally—I'm not a homophobe—I just tell my son he's going to hell because he has a husband. Like, you are violent and bad, and you should be better.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I definitely wanted to touch on that because it just—it's heartbreaking, and that's in 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 that moment it made me feel for Montrose, which I
2: feel for Montrose. Which is why I think Atticus, if he ever could learn anything, it would be to not bring this up because you're not the good guy in this scenario, Atticus. Like, you are the good guy in almost every other scenario with regards to Montrose but not this one. Like, Montrose has been through shit and it's hard. And when you pull the gay card, you make yourself look bad and him look good. Right. Because it's true. Like, the shit that Montrose went through is fucked up and I'm really sad. Like, I want to like him a lot.
1: Yeah. So then we, so while they're having this conversation, why didn't anyone react to all the lights going out? Was this normal in Chicago in the 50s? I think
2: maybe we've just been through so much shit that our our responses to weird things, like it's like the boy who cried wolf, but everything is the boy. (laughs) Like you're like, oh, something weird's happening. Tuesday. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so then we go to Letty in the church, and she's praying that God protects Tick. I just, I, uh, whatever. You know. Waste of a prayer. Right. And then Christina <laughs> comes in. So now she's contacting Christina. Everybody tried to give a Christina this episode. Christina's
2: like, look, there's only one of me for now. I already have a Black wife's girlfriend. <laughs>
1: So who who's your sister, by the way? Just a surprise. Um, and <laughs> so and Letty tries to bargain the Polaroid pictures of the lost pages that Montrose has destroyed. Lost. I still think he's got them somewhere. Sheree, I think you got a note somewhere that I think maybe later that he still has secrets from Tick, and I know. think that's one of them is that he still has those papers.
0: He's nothing but secrets and ho tip. That's all. That's all. <laughs> That man, he's a great
2: actor. He's been playing the same sketchy food in like seven universes for like 20 years.
0: He popped up on community with secrets <laughs> as a biology teacher. Every
2: time <laughs> I see that actor, it's like the opposite of the Tom Hanks effect. Where like every time I see Tom Hanks in a movie, I'm like, he must be okay, but like, he can do fucked up stuff. And I'm like, I feel like he's going to turn it around. I feel like this guy could literally like save hella orphans in front of me. And I'd be like, but he's shady though. <laughs> i don't trust him
1: you can't so but interesting so i don't know if anyone else kind of clocked this but interesting that so letty tries to bargain these polaroids for protection for tick so the tick becomes invulnerable um but christina's like no 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 you become involved because she already knows that letty's better than Tick.
2: christina's but, like mm-hmm. i've read this book you right. don't want no, don't waste <laughs> this shit on him. <laughs> also so, think you're pregnant.
1: Right. And so Letty obviously takes the deal. And oh, well,
2: she already died once a season. The odds ain't good, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all of the final destination movies. Do you want this potion or whatever?
1: I'm right? interested if this is gonna come up again, but when she, uh, when she gives her the invulnerability, it like burns a sign onto her side. And she says, the mark of Cain, we've learned, heals people.
0: What, what I'm worried about is that she's going to be invincible until this baby pops. And then immediately will not be invincible. And we know that, like, Black mothers giving birth is a dangerous thing in America.
2: Yes, I have concerns about that American horror story, Black people existing in the world. There's also, so Cain, so of the many, many and biblical reasons why white people made up say slavery was fine. Um, the more popular one is, so no- Noah had hella sons, and one of them was named Ham, and he didn't cover up his drunk-ass naked daddy, and so Christians were like, that means black people are bad. Well, also <laughs> there are people who think that, like, Abel was the paler, and Cain was the darker and there. And so, he chopped Abel up, which, like, can you imagine, sidebar, can you imagine being like, I'm just gonna throw this rock at him, like, no one ever died before! How do you even know that he wanted to kill him? He doesn't even know what it means! Anyway, so, I'm just worried for the potential weird racist implications. I'm also on a cult thing right now, because I've been watching The Vow. So, when she had that mark, I was like, I don't like that. (laughs) Please don't brand Black people. Please don't do that.
1: Right. Whew, that show. Anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> Whew, we've had conversations. Uh, anyway.
2: In general.
1: Right. Um, so then we go to D, and now she's waiting in that. Ooh, this scene stressed me out. She's waiting in the alley for the cops to leave so she can follow them. But those little girls are just right there behind her, creeping up slowly. Ooh! But she don't nothing happens. She just chases the cops.
2: Misha needed to so respond. Risk- This is a sidebar. Misha needed to release a mini-sode about because every time we cut away from D, I was like, no, no, I need to go back. I don't care about this. I need to know. It's like in Mad Men when Sally Draper used to get into her weird shenanigans. I was like, I don't care. Don is drunk again. I need to know. (laughs) If <laughs> Allie made it home safe, I feel like that except more of because she's black. So right. she's, mm-hmm. she's, she's chasing cops down in alleys by herself.
0: She's wow. unstoppable. She is her parents' daughter, because they are definitely, well, they were definitely unafraid. They were like, I'm going into these sundown towns. I'll see you at dinner tomorrow. And it's like, no, will I you? It
2: like In space, like, D's gonna be I.
0: Right, she's like I raised her right. She's good. She's good.
2: She's ten. She's ten, <laughs> She's ten. It's the 1950s, item.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, she goes. She follows them to that secret hideout. I don't know how secret it is, but <laughs> everybody, know. everybody, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Now. Um. Kicks in the door and is like, "What the, did? You, what'd you do to me?"
0: that's the energy i want us all to have for 2020 she is unafraid she's like my parents are dead the adults in the home yeah. aren't listening to me you spit on me and i see dead girls give me some fucking answers
2: honestly same d like fuck your respectability politics like you'll be shooting up guys in suits and small children so like fuck y'all <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> throw some freaks in y'all building y'all don't y'all ain't stealthy so, like, yo racist motherfuckers are going to get
0: this word. Right? Right? Like, and she delivered this gospel. And he was like, well, I'll, I'll stop the dead girls if you give me what I want. And she's like, fuck you. And she, like, <laughs> puts on his tie. And it's like, and also, this smells like shit in here. So I think the guy in the closet dead. And I'm just like, this is my new hero. This is the hero I always wanted. She's the wind beneath my wings. I
2: I am obsessed. I was concerned, but that is actually an underutilized tactic in horror movies. Is let these hoes know. Like I see demons, I've seen worse demons, fuck you. Like, like that doesn't get utilized enough. I feel like it should. No, her stakes were low because what's he gonna do to her that the dead girl's like gonna do to her? And <laughs> she let so him that's know. You you. No, she spit on me and six small demons on me. Fuck you, sir. I'm a small black child in the 1950s. You could have killed me with your bare hands. So what did you do? Some trick-ass bullshit. So I know you need me. (laughs) Fuck
0: off. She was like, you made a powerful enemy today. Lead
2: racist cop
0: with magic.
2: I'll be back. All my hoes got magic. We all got magic. You ain't special.
3: So and
0: just like
2: a white man, acting like he's the only one who's got magic. Fuck you. Right. right. He's special. And but then she walks out.
1: When she then, leaves, I was just like, yeah, praising everything.
0: She walks out and it is her Beyonce strut moment. And they're playing um this black girl stories. Uh, Cause like, we, we haven't had like a monologue underscore something for a minute. And this is it. And it's a payoff. Cause I'm just like, yes, yes, yes.
2: There just needs to be, when this season is over, we're going to do a motivational super cup of black women power underscore monologues. Yes. Thanks, Mish.
1: <laughs> so, and she, and she flies in that bike by those little girls, and she's like,
2: fuck yeah. And she's gone. You're demons? I feel like this is shadow work. I feel like my good sis D was doing some shadow work. She was like, fuck your pick stereotype. stereotypes. <laughs> man bullshit. I'm good. I'm great. Right. <laughs> I write stories, fuck you, goodbye. I was here
0: for this energy, because it was literally just like, either do it or get out of my fucking way. Because they were like, we're dancing, we're scary. And she's like, ha! And she's like, stop me. And they're like, we'll find you later, don't worry. Give her
2: space. So, <laughs> me at my inner demons, fuck
1: off.
2: Right.
1: So then we go to our two favorite uh, dudes in the show, Uh, Tick and Montrose have a little heart-to-heart. Same
2: goddamn conversation. I feel like it took 400 years.
1: So, but we find out that Tick did go through that and went to the, through that little portal that, that Hippolyta went through, but he was only there for a few seconds. Um, until the woman in the cloak, the cloaked woman pushes him through. It gives him the book. Um, so she gives him the copy of the book. Which is interesting because the changes that are in the book are the changes in the actual book, like mm-hmm. D being a boy and you know, that's uh, kind of fun. I like little men and stuff
2: like that.
1: Right, um, and so he comes back and tells him that essentially Christina is or go- well, in the book Christina sacrifices him to become immortal. So is that her actual? <laughs> it, it means to an end. We don't know.
0: It made me like her that much more though.
2: I mean, yeah, fuck Atticus. To be real, real, like if we're gonna talk about like wins versus losses, usefulness versus uselessness, Christina has gotten us more Ws than Atticus. Let's be real. Who's been saving us from all these races, right? She was also some of those races herself, but sometimes <laughs> she did come in clutch. And I feel like still in the net, the net, my girl Christina is still on top. Darth Becky coming in you see hoteps we like darth becky more than we like you (laughs) that's what i have to say hoteps (laughs) like amy cooper but fuck y'all
1: too (laughs) so um yeah so that's we kind of we just find out more information there um we also find out that tick knows that letty is pregnant but he has not told letty that he knows that she's pregnant because in the book she's pregnant um he's like a
2: conversation you might need to have man with daddy issues don't we think that you of all people who can't shut the fuck up about your daddy issues when we were at Emmett Till's fucking funeral don't we think that you might need to try to be a decent fucking father maybe
0: how you not gonna tell this woman that died for you and came back from the dead and you put up through all this shit that your future son wrote a book about y'all
1: it's it's also really interesting. I don't know if anybody else clocked it. You probably did. But, like, when he's in the future, he says that white people are rioting. So, he, did he come to 2020? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, Sheree. I wasn't clapping at you. I'm clapping at you. Yes. <laughs> but it was yes. a very forward energy. I just feel like this man cannot shut the fuck up about his daddy and how his daddy beat his ass 20,000 years ago. And God forbid you have a child baking at this moment. You haven't even bothered to be like, hey bitch, I know you're pregnant with my child. Want to read this book he wrote about us in the future? That's a
0: conversation. That's the conversation.
1: (laughs) But what if, okay, so what if he went to the future, he goes to 2020, because you know, Misha would do something smart like that, and sees the white people rioting. Christina, who is now immortal, gives him the book because she knows in the future white people be going stupid.
2: So she's like, "Listen, I've been Darth Becky for many, many months, and I'm tired. Yes. I would like to enter my Galadriel fame. <laughs> and In order to do that, I need yes. to help me, sort of. But again, chosen one narratives are flawed because half the time, the chosen one doesn't actually have many redeeming qualities, except existing. <laughs> <So, like, laughs> right? Making all our hopes on this man. It's like for what?
1: Right. Why? So then we go from there to Christina on the boat dock, and she has paid two men to kill her like, like Emmett Till was killed. The,
3: I
0: was confused in the moment, but the more I sit on it, the more I think it goes back to her, William, Ruby, White Ruby being the best couple, doppel, quadruple situation, and that she was like, she was really upset, and I don't understand because I'm kind of a monster.
2: So like but, maybe if I can go through this experience, that's what empathy is.
0: Yes. And I think that on top of that, there's also that added level of that a lot of people who refuse to acknowledge the timid ill of it all and the other like horrible murders will see a white woman go through this on HBO and be like, that's horrifying.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought that was a really interesting choice that the show made in showing it on her and not on him.
2: And therapy who uh, didn't like that, but I thought it was equal in a subversive way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in it we're gonna watch this happen to a white person instead of a black person where that is like black people's pain is very often exploited for like clicks and money. I was just like, I feel like this is Christina's version of going therapy
0: yes i i also appreciated that it was her and not william because so many times white women are complicit in racism which is how they get the free pass and so this was her being like i'm complicit in benefiting but maybe i should see how this is so i can sort of understand and empathize for my partner better
2: and like you can not but i guess thank you for trying yeah feels like what is in lovecraft country a romantic gesture
3: yeah
0: it, it's the valentine's day episode that we didn't know it was
2: oh no but yes i <laughs> feel like somehow somehow the shape-shifting undead darth Witch is half a third a fourth i don't know Of the again, I still assert this is the most healthy relationship in this show. They're having real conversations with one another and they are trying to learn to understand one another better. If you took that out of context, you'd be like, Wow, how great! Now, granted, there's some magic and murder in there, yeah, racism,
1: and weird choices on how to understand each other, but you know, uh, no one's perfect. (laughs) So (laughs) then. Relationship counselor. <laughs> um. <laughs> so then we go to one of the more uh, the sweeter scenes in the season. This, this episode, especially, we got Letty and Ruby in the uh, in the basement having a little heart to heart.
0: They finally catch each other up on their seasons because they've each had a whole fucking season of Lovecraft Country and they talked about it to the other one, and some of these puzzle pieces fit. <laughs>
2: That he's like, my husband ain't shit. And Ruby was like, girl, at least your husband is your husband all the time. My <laughs> husband is a white woman sometimes. <laughs> I think. <laughs>
3: right.
0: Can we talk about how them having this moment was tiring? Just like listening to them recap what they've been through made me tired and weary. <laughs> yeah,
2: black women go through so much. <laughs>
1: So yeah, Ruby tells Letty that she knows about magic. One of the moments that I thought was really powerful is when Letty's having a really vulnerable, vulnerable moment and talking about how Emmett Till's family was so brave and letting people come in and view the horrific, the horror, uh, the horrific images of her of their their dead son and so and all these people were being brave and all these things, but she wasn't brave. Letty said she wasn't brave enough to even take a picture. And Ruby said, well, in that moment, knowing your knowing what was best, for, doing what was best for you in that moment was the most brave thing you could do. And I was like, that's a really nice moment between those two. And then- and it, are
2: probably the most healthy familial.
0: Yes, definitely. Better than my trust and take, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I guess that's the only mm-hmm. We have now since D's whole fucking family is dead.
0: Uh, <laughs> Tick rolled into town and now she's an orphan. So like...
2: <laughs> so yeah, I guess. I forgot. We only have two surviving families left. <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: he he, Game of thrones dirt. He was just like, <laughs> <Red> <laughs> I'm coming wedding. through this window for cereal. Red Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: Reigns of Casimir playing his faintly. <laughs>
0: Did you like your parents D? Did you?
2: <laughs>
1: so then we that beautiful that really sweet moment. I think, and I think it's right after that line is said, someone upstairs is like, Letty, get up here. You you gotta get up here. And she goes up there and the cops are swarmed around her house. Um, of course, guns pulled as they do with Black people, specifically. Um, But they go to open the door, and they say that a group of Black extremists, I guess, were uh, plotting in her house after the of Till funeral. Extremists
2: meaning, maybe you shouldn't murder Black people for no reason. That's a controversial (laughs) opinion. Then, (laughs) today,
1: (laughs) hot uh, take. Then one cop comes in and then the main dude that we've been talking about this whole time Mr. tries to Smith. come in and that blood said, no, sir, he ain't doing it.
0: He looked at Letty, Letty looked at him, and the game began.
1: And then so <laughs> he goes and they know that they both know about magic. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, well, we're okay now and they all leave. And Letty starts going she's like, shit, he knows about magic. And about that time, bullets are flying through this house. So they both drop to the ground and then we cut to D at the, the shop. And she is proof, she was like locking all the doors, getting the weapon ready, and she leaves one door open because she knows they come. And they do.
2: My good sis is like, I'm
1: ready. Right.
0: right? She's like, I'm going to hit these bitches and it's going to go down in this bookshop.
1: So they are getting, she's ready. They're not there yet, but she's ready. Then we go back to Letty's place and she suddenly realizes, hey, I'm invulnerable.
0: I just loved the imagery of Letty sitting there looking really fucking tired in front of her couch as bullets come through her walls and windows and her couches and they dance around her. And she is just like, this fuckery that Tick has brought into my life. (laughs)
2: Like, what? I hate this in all movies where we're fighting people who clear we can't murder it's like you would think eventually we would stop the shooting right because she's just sitting there
1: right and so then we go to d back to d and montrose is trying to get in and she's beating up these girls um, but he doesn't see them and he comes in and he grabs her
0: they start scratching her because he's holding her so she can't fight back anymore. And if this isn't a Montrose fucking up moment, like all the other Montrose fucking up moments, I don't know what is. You know supernatural shit is out here. You know this girl disappeared. You see her beating something you can't see. Why do you restrain
2: her? Also, Montrose, you're black. Like, we acknowledge this shit. Like, we aren't white people who are like, a little Sally has an imaginary friend named John John. Who right? Hilarious. This is not one of those times, Montrose. <laughs> the, right. you
0: the white witch is out there and you know about her. Also, if you hold someone who was fighting with something and they start getting scratched up, why do you keep holding them? Logic would
2: presume that maybe I should let this bitch handle her own shit. Okay.
1: Right, <laughs> Right? So, her plan was working. Right. So, but we don't get any answers to that. We cut right to Tick walking down the street. He hears the bullets. Or the gunfire.
2: As usual. Mm-hmm. Not in any of the fights. Yes. Mind his own
1: business. Right. So he <laughs> runs and Letty sees this, freaks out because she's going to try to save him. So she runs out there. Waste. <laughs> but she runs out there. And
2: always throwing their bodies in front of bullets for some eight shit ass, whole ass man. Right? I'm
1: sorry, Trent. Oh, you're good. You're good. It's
0: true. I hate
2: the whole
3: <laughs> right
1: so but yeah she's not there in time because they do get a fire a uh, shot off and the bullets going and going and going but right before it gets to him this big old monster thing pops up off the ground and just starts devouring the police
0: which how are they gonna explain all these dead cops in the yard that's what i want to know this might really be out of show ends. Is this Autumn going to jail for all these murders? It'll be like
2: the these... original get out ending before test audiences were freaking out and they're like, sort oh, we can't do this. Like, we can't. Um, but I really do. So here's the thing. This is what I was going to talk about earlier. I feel like this is talking about how I like that these like white person magics keep rebounding back on them. Because, like, they're using it for fucked up reasons. And so the magic is like, fuck you. Like, it's been happening since Jump when they tried to eat Tick's soul. And his ancestors were like, not today, you trick-ass bitch. Like, I feel like every time we encounter magic, it is on the side of not racist people. <laughs> Eventually.
1: Yeah, and so the, this monster thing looks very similar to the monsters that we saw in the first episode, but I don't know that for sure, so... Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Well, it
2: might be because is this That's what, spell that Christina taught him?
1: Right.
0: I how that, that too, it. but also they're afraid of light and some of those cop car oh. headlights were on, so either it's continuity problem or somebody turned the car lights off. I don't know.
2: Or maybe it's different when he summons them versus when she summons them. Like, maybe, mm. maybe it's like, here's my magic. And when I do this, these kinds of demons come forth. And right. like, great, I'll do that. And his demons aren't afraid of the sun because he's got melon. I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it.
1: <laughs> so then there, the, this monster is just killing these cops, up those cops. It was cathartic. And then at the very end, it starts to come up to Letty and Tick, but Letty is like, <laughs> put, Tick puts his hand out and it's like a dog. It walks up, and it's like puts its forehead on the hand, and that's where we end. Sheree, well, who we got next week coming up?
0: Next week we're bringing back La Payton.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be like, thank God that Crystal bitch is gone. That's a whole... oh. <laughs> She's been here for weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, thank you so much, Crystal, for joining us yet again. It's fun we love having you i'm sure we'll have you back soon very soon though (laughs) (laughs) we can't let you go you're you're trapped with us now (laughs) all right everyone make sure that you follow us on all of our social media facebook instagram twitter um and uh you can email us with thoughts or something that we may have missed in this episode or anything really um, at a nightmare on fear street at gmail.com make sure you rate and review us on itunes all right so thank you all for listening and make sure you stay fierce out there
2: bye